Welcome to day five of our look through Ephesians chapter two in daily drive time devotions. We're looking at verses 18 to 22 today. And we've been talking about this entire week, how God has changed our spiritual life history, beginning with the fact that he personally changed me from someone who was dead in my trespasses and sins to someone who is now alive with Christ, raised with Christ, seated in Christ. Yesterday, we looked at the fact that this life history also includes the fact that we have been taken from a place from being far off to now being brought near. And then in verses 18 to 22, Paul gives us another picture of the change that God has worked, that God alone could work because of what Jesus has done. Let me read those verses to you. Ephesians 2, 18 to 22. For through him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Now, as I said yesterday, first Paul gives us the individual picture, but then the picture gets broader and broader and greater and greater. And here he takes the entire picture of all the history of mankind, this holy temple that God is building, the dwelling place of God in his spirit. First, he tells us that because we are a workmanship, we are to do good works which God has prepared. And now he tells us that because we've been brought near, we're going to be built together to become a dwelling place that glorifies God. Ephesians 2.18, for through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. Through him is Jesus, and then you have the Father and you have the Spirit. You see the Trinity in that one verse? Our access to God is based on the Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All are involved. And this is a picture of unity. All throughout these verses, you have this picture of unity, what God has done, the change that God has worked. We are no longer strangers and aliens. We are now members and citizens. In these verses, there are three pictures of the church. When you think about your spiritual life history, if the church isn't included in your spiritual life history in Jesus, you're just missing it. I don't say that based on my opinion as a pastor. Of course, I love the church as a pastor. But I love the church not because I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor because I love the church. I love the church because when I read the scripture, I see Jesus' love for the church. It's his body. It's his bride. And my spiritual life history is to include this church that is his body and is his bride. And in these verses, we see these three pictures of the church, and they all include the idea of unity. One nation, one family, one building. One, one nation. We are fellow citizens with God's people. That's the picture. We're no longer foreigners and, and aliens. A, a, a stranger, an alien there, I know that sounds like space things to, to some of us, but the idea of an alien there was somebody who was from a different country, somebody without any knowledge, any contacts. They just didn't have any way of making it in the society they were in. Everything was totally alien to them. A foreigner is someone without any rights or privileges in the society. They might know things, but they didn't have rights. They didn't have privileges. And Paul says, we're, we're no longer that. We are now fellow citizens with God's people. We have a common king. We're fellow citizens. We have common goals. We have common interests. We're one nation together in him. We, we should serve our nation in every way that we can while we're on this earth. 
God has told us to respect the king. He's told us to respect the nation that we're in. But ultimately, we are not citizens of this world. The book of Philippians talks about the fact that we are citizens of a different world. We're citizens together, and the place that we most experience that citizenship in this world is in the church. It's a picture of the church. We are one nation. And then verse 19 says we are members of God's household. We're not only one nation, we are also one family. Members of God's household, the household of God. The idea of household there is the idea of immediate family. We are, we are a part of God's own immediate family. God is not only our king, he is our father. It's not here picturing the director of an orphanage where there's somebody directing it, and, and that's God, and we never really get to meet him. No, no, no. This is the immediate family picture. I'm eating dinner with him every day. He, he's taking me to school every day. He's, he's the one who drives carpool every day. That's, that's the picture here. You see, not only do we have a common king, we also have a common father. That's the picture of the church. We have a common love. We are one nation. We are one family. And then he, then he takes a bit longer talking about the third picture. We are one building. We are one building built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. And the whole building is joined together to become a holy temple in the Lord. You see God's building plan in these verses. Foundation, cornerstone, and building. There is the foundation. And the foundation here is the apostles and the prophets. The apostles are talking about those who first followed Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, and 12 men followed him. One of them betrayed him. But Paul was brought in later as an apostle. And he says, an apostle who's come even at the last of times. And we're built on the foundation of their faith, their trust, their belief, and the prophets. The prophets in the Old Testament who prophesied of Jesus coming, but also the prophets in the New Testament. Who The idea of New Testament prophets is that they were not foretellers of the word, but foretellers of the word. They told what Jesus had taught. We are built on that foundation. And I don't know about you. I don't often enough, I don't often enough tell God thank you for that foundation. Just in my heart say, I appreciate those apostles and the fact that in desperate, scary times, they had faith because my faith is built on that foundation. God, thank you for the foundation of their faith, of their choices. Thank you for the foundation of the prophets, what you said to them, and that they were faithful to speak it forth. Thank you for that foundation. If I forget that foundation, I can become prideful. I can think it's all about me and all about today, and it isn't. There's a foundation that we're built on, and that gives us security. That's part of what it means to be his family, his building. There's a foundation, the apostles and prophets. There's also a cornerstone. Now, in our day, a cornerstone is put in at the very last. It's a decorative thing to say this is, this is when the building was built. But not in that day. The cornerstone is what the foundation rested on. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. If you pulled the cornerstone out, everything crumbled. All the measurements of the building were taken from the cornerstone, and all the weight of the building rested on the cornerstone. Everything in the building tied to that cornerstone. That's Jesus. Every measurement we take, needs to be taken from him, the cornerstone. Not from ourselves, not from others, comparing ourselves from others with others, but from him. And all the weight of what we do needs to rest on him. He's the cornerstone. And all that we do ties together in him. He's the head of the body. He's the cornerstone of the building. And when I forget that, I begin to feel very pressured about all I have to do for God. When I remember that, there is such a sense of relief. There's such a sense of joy. 
that it all rests on him. And ultimately, my main job is to do what he's given me to do. And that's the third part. There is the foundation. There is the cornerstone. But then there is the building. And the Bible here says, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. This is the full view of history. And do you get the picture here? The, the picture is not that somehow what we're doing today is all that matters, but that all that's happened for the last 2,000 years, in fact, even reaching back beyond that to the early saints, Abraham and Moses, if you reach all the way back, all that's happened God is working out his plan in human history. And in the church, we see this whole building being joined together in him to become a holy temple, a place of worship for him. That puts perspective on what you and I do for Christ every day. That means that what I do is part of his plan for the ages, and I get to be a part of it. Now, some people, they think, well, that minimizes it. That means that all I get to do is my little part today. No, it maximizes it. The part that you do today is a part of his entire plan, and it's a plan for the ages. It's a plan that's bigger than any one lifetime. It's a plan that's bigger than any hundred lifetimes. It's his plan, and I get to be a part of it. In fact, the Bible says that in verse 22. This building's joined together, and in verse 22, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. What God's doing in the church, he's also doing in my life. What God's doing in my life, he's also doing in the church. It all lives together. It all builds together. That's the building. There's foundation, there's cornerstone, and there's building. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to build well. The, the cornerstone is so perfect. The foundation was laid with such sacrifice. I want to build well. So let's, as we pray together today, let's pray for God's strength to build well. God, thank you. Thank you that not only are we a part of your plan for our lives and our families, but we're also a part of your plan for your family, what you're doing through the thousands of years. We're part of the plan for your building, what you're building that's going to glorify you for all of eternity. Thank you that we get to be a part. And thank you for what you're building in us. And thank you for what you're building through us. And we commit both of those to you today. Build in us. Build hope and faith and love in us. And build through us. Build through us in a way that brings glory to you, not only for the few moments of this life or this day, but in ways that we cannot see that echo all the way into eternity. God, we don't see that, but you tell us that in these verses. And so we rely on that. As we build for you today, whatever anyone else says about the building, whatever we think about the building, I pray these verses would tell us the truth about what you're building. This whole building being joined together, rising to become a holy temple in the Lord, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you, God, for what you are building. In your name, amen. Well, be sure to join us next week. We're going to be looking together at Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know about you, the book of Ephesians, every chapter seems to get better. It's filled with so many incredible truths. We'll see you next week for Ephesians 3.